Welcome to Budget Week. Uh, and welcome to the immediate aftermath of the COVID pandemic. By the way, is the pandemic over? No. No, it's not. Far from it. Because it continues to create temporary labour shortages. It continues to make people ill and uh, it continues to make some people die. The labour shortages, though, are the biggest effect for the nation as a whole as the virus works its way through the population. Everything will continue to be difficult for some time yet. I'll give you an example. Over the last week, nearly half our music station staff were off work after one company super spreader event. I can tell you productivity was completely knocked for six. And I ask you, who needs the government to lock us down when we go to a super spreader event and lock ourselves down? So no, the pandemic is not over. Uh, But we already have a post-pandemic hangover, which is affecting the whole world and it's having political fallout. Look around the world. In Australia, Scott Morrison looks in doubt this weekend as Labour blames him for a cost-of-living crisis. Why? Because of the money he threw at the COVID uh, response. In America, Biden losing ground because he's blamed for a cost-of-living crisis. In the UK, Boris Johnson will be lucky to survive as Labour hammers him. Why? A cost-of-living crisis. It's everywhere. And all the governments that steered the world through the hardships of COVID are now being made to pay for it, as though they almost purposefully made it all happen. There's got to be a scapegoat. They're being blamed, of course, for the profligate spending, that profligate spending that kept businesses afloat. At the time, however, you may remember, they were blamed for not doing enough to keep businesses afloat. Sometimes you have to say, there's no pleasing anybody. Uh, But as Liam Dan pointed out in the Weekend Herald, uh, simplistic tribal politics is the driver of opinion and not reasoned economic debate. So we come to the budget, and on Thursday, Grant Robertson will announce his government spending. $6 billion worth, it said. On health and climate change, it said. And already many people are criticising the spending without knowing what it is. Now, National's Christopher Luxon criticises the spending unless it's targeted. The only target I've heard for his spending at the moment, other than the two or nearly $2 billion for tax cuts, is more money on ICU beds. And he's criticised this government for not having done that. More money on ICU beds. Makes sense. He says that's what he'd invest in. I'm not sure he understands what that means. I'm not sure that most people understand what that means. Because an ICU bed is nothing. It's a bed. It's a bed and it's some kit. The real expense in ICU is the staff to staff that bed. It takes six nurses a shift to staff an ICU bed. That is 18 nurses a day. Every extra bed needs 18 extra nurses. New Zealand is already 4,000 nurses short. So if you want more ICU beds, First, you need to find more nurses. Not a few either. Thousands and thousands more nurses. They do not grow on trees. And you have to pay them. You have to pay them well. You probably have to pay them better than they are now because you'll have to attract most of these nurses from overseas. You'll have to make sure you've got the immigration status right. You'll have to train new ones if you can find it. Honestly, uh, to fix health problems is going to cost tens and tens of billions of dollars because of 40 years 
of underinvestment in our health system since Rogernomics. So, at this moment, is it right to criticise the government for spending on something that we should have spent on before? Should we right now wait until better times and when it will be more prudent? But then the question arises, well, if not now, then when?